Sankapila is here. Um, she's an educator at San Marcos. Texas State, <laughs> Texas <laughs> Texas State, State. University in San Marcos. San Marcos. So, and with Dave Rupert. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, one third of Paraville. Yep. And they're not hiring? We are not hiring. That is awesome. That's like my favorite part. Like we've had you speak at the Advice for Humans on various events. And Ari and I, like one of our favorite things is uh, when you or Trent or, uh, or Regan to say like we're not hiring. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> I kind of love it too. Um, we're it, there shouldn't be shame in being a three-person company. No. You should be. That's a happy place to be. Right. And we're just being ourselves, man. Yeah. But people are like, oh, are you gonna scale up your business? You're gonna hire biz dev sales. Mm-hmm. Wikiologist? No, <laughs> no. We're 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 just three people. Yeah. Just three, three uh, cuss words from Texas. That's all you can say. Yeah. Last year when you came down, I remember all of my students were saying like, "Oh, I want to work there. I'm going to apply." I'm like, "I don't think they're hiring." <laughs> nope. And now it's like, I'm going to start my own Paravel. Like that's a thing that you do. It's a three man thing. Start like, a Paravel. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, they're in for trouble. Like, not even startup anymore. It's start Paravel. Yeah. yeah. Paravel up. Ooh. Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it, kids. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so when I started out, like, and I was like trying to, uh, I was freelancing, I felt like I had to like look bigger than what I was. And, but there was people like Dan Cedarholm and Civil Bits who were just doing their own thing as a freelancer. And I think, I think he said this or mentioned it. It was just like, um, uh, it was just like, don't be afraid to tell people. Who you are, and and like if you're if you're independent, and you're by yourself, that's cool. Just say you're independent and just do your thing, and that way people like will know how to I know approach you or like not I guess not use you but utilize your capacities. Like they understand that okay you're a one person team, and then maybe you can tell them like oh I have a various network of contractors we can use to solve this problem or whatnot. But but just let people know it's there's no shame like you mentioned. It's, yeah, that's always struck me as weird when you know a friend or something. Or, or somebody I follow on Twitter will tweet out their profile and mm-hmm. they're like, I just updated my portfolio and I'll go visit the portfolio. And it's like, we aspire to engineer <laughs> high-tech solutions. And there's a picture of a skyscraper on it. And yeah. it's like, dude, you don't even put on pants to go to work. <laughs> I, I know that for a fact. Uh, you just show up to work in your, your sweatpants. Yeah. Um, you do not have a skyscraper <laughs> in your business. So I just... it. For me, it feels like false representation, but mm. for other people, I mean, it's totally valid. It's, it's a way to get your foot in the door or whatever, but, mm. um, but Sam, you just did a bunch of portfolios, so you know. Mm-hmm. What was I didn't your see anybody advice? have any pictures up with sweatpants on, though. I'm <laughs> yeah. waiting for the day that somebody's like, this Super is true honest. life. Yeah. <laughs> Deal with it. Here's my cat, here's my sweatpants, <laughs> okay. here's my portfolio. <laughs> well, and I kind of like, it's kind of weird. I just kind of want to dive too much into it and talk about it, come back later, but... Uh, just the acceptance of working from home is like, which has always been kind of with our industry, kind of like on the forefront, but I feel like now it's going to be more and more more mainstream from looking at other industries, looking into it, so. Uh, yeah, so, well, yeah, we can talk about it later. It does seem like it's be- beginning to be socially acceptable to not leave your house. <laughs> Isn't there the 37 Signals book that just came out, oh, yeah. Remote? Remote, maybe that's paving the way. Right, and then you have like the whole engine works where like, we talked to Carl Smith before about, I think most of his company doesn't even work in Jacksonville, they're all remote, and the problems are associated with, with trying, trying to do that and what he has to do with, to make sure everyone's you know, on the same page. And I so. could listen to Carl talk about 
<laughs> how he runs his company for the rest of my life. It's yeah. just so fascinating. Just yeah. he, they have a very organic, mm-hmm. totally dispersed, practically flat, if not totally flat, business model. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. And he's handed over power now, kind of over, and he's taking some time off. He posted a video the other day where he's hanging out by the pool with his dog, and it's like it's cool. Everything's running. Yeah, yeah. That's. that's awesome. I, I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to, you know, I'm not there yet because I, I, I think I have the awkward tendency that developers kind of have, or I don't mean to pigeonhole developers, but that you kind of just lock into work and you're just like, I'm coding all day long. But I think, you know, I need to, I, I just need to be like, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm going to go walk my dog right. later. Like, mm-hmm. This code's not due today, or you know, I'll get to it. I'm, or I made good progress. I hit a checkpoint or something. Yeah, not good at that. I need to get better at that. Yeah, I think it's something definitely we. We need an app else. for that. Yeah, <laughs> nap and app for that too. Nap app. Yes. Checkpoint. Someone steal these ideas. Please <laughs> make lots of money, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what I want to do is just uh, is this our end of the year special. Um, hopefully, it is special. But I, it is. You decorated the room with tinsel. Uh, there's. Uh, oh, you noticed. Yeah. No, it's beautiful. It's. it's we put just, a picture of a skyscraper. Yeah. Yeah, a picture of a skyscraper with a Christmas ornament on it. This oh. is beautiful, man. You oh. guys really touched up the place. Yeah, I had I, I dragon points out as myself and everything. Else. Oh, you yeah. you grow them yeah. year round for yeah. the holidays. I have a poinsettia app that reminds me to take breaks and uh-huh. tend to the poinsettia garden. Yeah, outside. that's good. So, yeah. <laughs> Fragrant. It's just beautiful. It we smells probably... like cinnamon and chives. Chives. <laughs> chives is the secret. Chives. All right. We should probably tell people where we are. Oh, okay. well, go ahead. Tour. Oh, well, we're at the Capitol Factory. I'm losing my voice. That sounds <laughs> so awful right now. Uh, yeah, well, you're right. We're at the uh, top of the Omni Hotel, mm-hmm. the business side, the Capitol Factory. Um, so we're in the Sixth Street conference room, in case anyone knows. But this is where E4H, or Advanced for Humans, does their, produces uh, most of their summits. So, and uh, and uh, we love it here. So. This is uh, this is a cool view. Uh, it, I wish you listeners on the podcast could appreciate it, but uh, it, we're looking over where South by Southwest happens. Like every single square foot of South by Southwest is like below our feet right now. It's pretty pretty cool. So, um, kind of a, an amazing setup here. Yeah, oh, picture. Oh, picture. <laughs> so I say picture. So I'm gonna tweet it later. See, so. mm-hmm. you're. You're thinking about how to use technology to solve our problems <laughs> of not being able to show listeners what's going. 2014, year of multimedia. Yeah, there you, you go. got <laughs> feeling that. Right I'm say, I think CD-ROMs. Yeah, making it making a comeback. It's good. I think they're coming back. You got. How else are you gonna back up things and no. give That's people true. albums? Yeah, exactly. I mean, this internet's not gonna be around for a while. So just, it's a trend. Yeah, definitely. I think Shockwave Player is good to go. So. Yeah. Flash. Send, send me some Shockwaves. <laughs> oh, man. Cool. So, so the first part of the show was just can we just ask our guests, which is Dave Rupert from Payroll, uh, like how they got into the industry and how they got into web. And, and uh, so, so I've actually seen you talk a lot. And part of the sometimes part of your talk is how you, Payroll got started. But mm-hmm. I'm really kind of interested in how you got into the web. Yeah, um, 
a long time ago. Um, I started making websites when I was about 15 or 14 or 15, which was the year 1994 or 95. I uh, got an AOL CD-ROM nice. <laughs> in 50 free hours, <laughs> and I logged on with my 28.8K baud modem. So you were flying. Pretty fast. Oh, screaming! No, none of that fourteen four stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was I was twenty eight eight all the way. Um, so it it was an interesting time, and I got online, and um, it it was awesome. I was having fun, and then I was uh, I think I just asked myself like, well, there's web pages. How do I get my own web page? And, and that was kind of the first uh, step into what is now my career and stuff. And so. Uh, that, that was kind of the big thing. I, I just, I, I got an AOL Pages account, and then I got an Angel Fire account, and maybe a GeoCities, and just mm-hmm. kind of built little um, websites. And then, you know, I, I thought they were awesome and hilarious. I think the first one literally was about farts. As <laughs> um, <laughs> 14-year-old boys are tend, tend, to, tend to do. So yes. uh, that... I think, yeah, I think it was actually where... The first thing you do is farts. There's some like some some sort of axiom about that. Yeah, just I think that's it's just how the the web was born. So um, that's so that's what I did, and um, I kind of did that all through high school. That was kind of my like hobby, and I published a, a paper zine, like one of those little like you cut pieces of paper in half and you make like a little paper web or paper zine. Mm-hmm. I did that with a couple friends in high school. And then um, when I, it wasn't until like I graduated college, I, I kind of all through high school I did the, the web as uh, a hobby and, and had a little website, but and even in college I had that and did that. But after college, I, um, I took that paper zine and made it digital. Mm-hmm. And so it was like a network of like five blogs and a, a, a forum and uh, that was all online and did that for about five years or so. And, and that's where I kind of learned all my lessons, like getting hacked by like <laughs> some Iraqi kids. Uh, really? Wow. Oh, they're, no, <laughs> they're not the worst. But it's just, it's just funny, like when people hack your website, they're like, hack and then they put up like their little flag or whatever and you're just like dang it so (laughs) So, it's exactly like the movie hackers totally like the movie hackers yeah (laughs) it's so weird (laughs) you know and like and you know you you get hacked because you like set a permission wide open or it's totally not your fault that's where you learn like some hosting companies are actually terrible and they have viruses and stuff like that and then Mm. um you know uh we had that forum software and you'd get a bunch of spam so you'd have to figure out how to combat spam and then one of the guys on the forum made a robot that posted stuff automatically like 100 messages a minute and then so you had to like figure out how to fight that and um and ddos attacks and all that stuff so you kind of learn like the hard way you know doing this little hobby that's that's kind of where i cut my teeth making websites and so um here i am now whatever 17 years later from the beginning Right, but that's a, like that's a big leap though from like running a zine to where you are right now. So like, what happened like to switch switch off? Yeah, um, kind of taking like two steps back or whatever. So I'd done this stuff as a hobby, right? And right. had this online zine. I had, you know, I made a few like websites for like clubs and intramural sport teams I was a part of and stuff like that. And 
in college and then after college I went and I, I actually lived in Japan for three years mm -hmm. I don't know if everyone knows that but I did because my major in college was Japanese of all things it's weird they can like let you major <laughs> and stuff like that but uh, they do and uh, that's what I did and so I lived in Japan for three years and while I was there um, Trent Walton and I would talk and Trent was doing a little bit of web work and he was kind of doing he ended up getting a job where he made like seven websites or something for a company mm -hmm. um, but he would ask me questions at like right in the morning his time which was like midnight my time like we only had like a 30 minute window mm -hmm. like where we overlap so we'd kind of like trade off and I'd teach Trent some HTML and he'd you know I think the first time right before I went to Japan I he paid me like $80 to teach him Dreamweaver or something like right. that and so we've had this like you know kind of like sharing code remotely relationship for a long time and then uh, when I came back from Japan and that was 2006 ish um, I was totally unemployed um, and no one wanted to hire <laughs> what were you doing in Japan just like for I was teaching English okay, so, okay. so it's, it's kind of like it's an awesome opportunity you did that with the jet program but that's a lot like putting a pause button on life you just kind of like <laughs> I'm going to not pursue a career for three years and mm -hmm. teach kids and get snotted on so, so how was that though besides it's not this is odd I mean un, it's impossible to like to sum up because it's you know absolutely life-changing it's it's amazing I lived in a small like 40,000 person town in rural Japan outside of Kyoto and Osaka up in the mountains my town had a castle wow. I had a rice paddy in my backyard and a mountain in my front yard I watched my neighbor kids grow up I mean it's just like mm. it's phenomenal I rode a bike to work and I got made fun of because I was a huge white guy on a bike so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah it's kind of a really awesome opportunity so um, yeah so I really uh, it's unforgettable and and made a lot of good friendships from all that so. oh nice cool. and then of course friendships like you know Trent since high school yeah I've known Trent like um, we grew up like one town apart or whatever and then mm -hmm. um, and actually Reagan I've known Reagan since high school too he for whatever I don't know how but he started dating a girl in a t another town over that I was hanging out in that town when, and so like we kind of all knew each other since like high school mm -hmm. And then when we were in college, Reagan and I were roommates in college. And so when I say like friends since like <laughs> forever, it's like absolute we're friends mm -hmm. like for a really long time. And um, yeah, so then when I came back from Japan, I was looking for work. Trent and I built like two websites. Mm -hmm. um, not that awesome if I remember, but they were a lot of fun to do. Um, and we didn't get paid very well, but we did it and then I, got a job working with Reagan in doing uh, real estate websites in Phoenix mm -hmm. and that was in 2006 and as you can imagine that didn't go so well because <laughs> uh, Phoenix real estate isn't <laughs> isn't <laughs> notoriously awesome so uh, were, you, were you in Phoenix at the time or? yeah we're in Phoenix and then okay. so uh, so that uh, company ended up shutting down um, and so at that point I was like homeless and unemployed and so I just went to LA to like live on some friends couch and stuff like that and so I uh, did that for a while and kind of did some pickup work here and there but mostly applying for jobs and then 
uh, Trent, who had been working on those like seven websites or whatever, he was like, you know, we should just do this. We should just go for it. And mm-hmm. um, and that summer of 2007, we kind of put together Paravel and mm-hmm. just, uh, yeah. Were so, you both dating or same people at the time? Or? Um, I think uh, Trent was married mm-hmm. at the time. And then uh, Reagan was not, um, and I had just started dating my wife in LA mm-hmm. um, there and she was in a rock band she played drums and sang it was super hot and mm-hmm. then uh and so that's why i was out there to hang out with her basically so la if you're from la bless you but <laughs> bless your heart it was not my favorite town in, in the whole america but um but it was a lot of fun a lot of good memories so. well, why is that just because it, it's it's a concrete jungle man really no concrete green jungle hard yeah yeah there, there's green spots now. I, you know, we have friends who still live there. So, is it just the concrete jungle? Just like, uh, what's that? That phrase is lost on me. It's a like bit. a jungle sometimes. Yeah, it makes me wonder what keeps me from going under. It's a rap song. I see, I'm such see, a. You'll have to pay for the royalties. There. <laughs> such a noob, I got. Uh, no, it's it's just like a it's it's like a kind of a hard place to grow. You know, if if that mm. makes sense, or well, for me. You know, and I felt the same thing like living in Houston. You know, okay. I grew up in Houston, and so it's it, that. You know, it's hard when it's hard to meet people. It's hard to grow. Does that mean that's yeah. for me? And yeah. I'm maybe more extroverted than most people. Yeah, well, like yeah, definitely. I could see like if you're in New York, sometimes it's. I only like this is my only like terrible example I have for you, but uh, in New York it was like, I feel like the impression I get is that um, it's really hard to meet people. Um, and be taken seriously. I guess have a real relationship yeah. sometimes. Is that, is that be kind of accurate? Sort of. Yeah, yeah. I've heard the same thing about you know Seattle and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And right. even I've heard people. You know, we're all in Austin, but I've heard people say that about Austin too. Right. Like, um, like it's you know deep down, it's kind of hard to like meet and find people. You know, mm-hmm. once you just get here. But right. um, but I do think we have a great community. So right. I'm a little perplexed by that. I feel yeah. at least, yeah, with the with the tech and design communities, I feel like I see people every day, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, can you watch my dog? Or, hey, can you, like, help yeah. with this code? And everybody's, like, there to help out and, and do stuff. Yeah, I think the, can't the, the big thing is, just, I think, is just, because I felt the same way when I went to Cincinnati. It was like, I didn't know anyone hardly in Cincinnati. And it took a year for people to realize, like, I was not going away. Mm-hmm. And then, then, <laughs> yeah. then they started opening up. Like, oh, you're, you're the guy who hasn't done anything uh, with, that has a felony involved with it or anything like that. And you yeah, seem yeah. like a good guy or whatever. So it took a while. So it could be any city. I don't mean to pick on LA, but But yeah, but yeah, but uh, but or you make a felony and get your name in the newspaper, and then then people know you. Yeah, then then you're web famous. Yeah, then you have stuff to. Then you're occupied. You know, with felony, (laughs) from what I hear. But uh, so yeah, so so you're living in LA, and did you make a? So we, you started um, working together with Trent. Yeah, uh, started working together with Trent, and then I mean, I think it was like a week or two later. We 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 just we are like, uh, we need to bring Reagan in. <laughs> we were just like, we're like, uh oh, we our websites aren't looking that good. So, so, so um, Reagan was just bringing in as a designer. Designer, yeah. So he's kind of the the lead designer, and he has like a, a marketing background from the University of Texas. So, okay. Um, advertising marketing stuff so he's like you know classically trained if I can use that 
kind of code that that sort of phrase. So, um, unlike the Japanese and the it was psychology, I guess. Yeah, yeah, Trent did like child psychology and development or something. And yeah. I was a Japanese major, and uh, Reagan knows what he's doing. So, okay. um, so that's kind of a, the setup of our company. And um, uh, but you know, it's it's interesting because um, uh, Trent knows exactly. Trent is amazing at like, like I told you, I taught him HTML for 80 bucks or whatever, but like he's amazing at like taking something you taught him and then doing it better than you later. So right. that's kind of what he does. Mm -hmm. That's his secret skill. So trenting yeah. it. Trenting it. Yeah. yeah. He's entrenched. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. He's just like glass cracking. <laughs> <laughs> Mythology will be in triplicate. Sorry about yeah. that. Yeah. But, uh, okay, cool. So, yeah, and that's awesome. Like, people who do that like are awesome with that. I find that um, when I went to grad school, I had my friend Eric. I would teach him web stuff. And then the next day or two, he'd come back and just like, not only has learned it, but extrapolated from there. Mm -hmm. And then he would be asking for the next, you know, bit of information. So that, and now he does, you know, manages web projects and for a top 500 company or whatever. So, so yeah, so it's just it's just amazing. Those people are, are awesome, and so and part of that I think is one of the tricks he does is that he captures every bit of information he gets into like um, stuff. Like I remember him capturing, remember Palm Pilots? Remember yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, never yep. forget. Yeah, so uh, so he would have like a portable keyboard, and anything that he would get in that was information of like any sort, he would just put into the notes of Palm Pilot. And so if if I would like you know forget something, he would like just look it up and and just. Uh, He's yeah. got it indexed in his palm pilot. Yeah. That's why I love Evernote so much, is just because it's like I just I just throw everything in Evernote now and just like let it tell you yeah, what you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Should be the timeline. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. So um, so that was in two thousand seven. That was two thousand seven is when we started Paravel. And you know, that so we've been working together six or seven years now and that's like a hundred years in web time. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's been so far so good. Yeah. And everybody works from home. Yeah, everyone works from home, and, and we are all totally distributed. We had an office out in Marble Falls for a while, which is a, a town outside of Austin, Texas, for, if you're not from there. Um, you know, and it was really, you know, it was partly because Trent couldn't get internet out there, but he could in town, so we had this office downtown. Um, but, you know, it, it like, long story short, it, we just kind of weren't utilizing it mm -hmm. you know and, and we all work better from home we all work you know uh now we all have kids and stuff like that so it's totally different you know but uh just to be able to like pause work and go hold your kid or something like that is is kind of amazing but mm -hmm. we all kind of started enjoying working from home and whenever we'd hang out together and you know sketch or plan or figure out a project or something like that you know, we do that for about three hours, just arguing and yelling and, mm -hmm. well, not yelling, but just, like, getting upset and stuff like that. That's kind of the Paravel way. Um, <laughs> just argue and get upset and then figure out what's good for the user. Um, then we eventually just, like, um, like after all that, that work was done, it would be, like, three hours, and then, like, we'd just sit around. And we're like, well, we should probably go home mm -hmm. because we work better alone you know okay. or we'll just sit around and watch youtube videos of like karate kid or something like that it's no. we're not productive as productive together i, I guess 
like like workstation productive if right. that makes sense so right so it, it's it just it just makes more sense that when you come together you're like friends hanging out and then when you're separate you're like friends focus yeah sort so, of yeah. yeah i mean and, and like you can uh you know if you think about your kind of daily office work you know we we've worked with a lot of big companies and stuff like that now and kind of got a glimpse into how they work and it's like going from meeting to meeting to meeting and yes. stuff like that yeah. um and, and that's for us that seems like a productivity killer you know because it's like well you're in a meeting that you're right. like you're not working you know yeah. for us like working is doing and that's how things get done right um but for other people like talking it out and figuring it out that's how you get things done so um but there's also more political stuff that you have to work through with a larger company right so yeah. you have to have those meetings and then you have to have the the meetings that are hallway meetings so like approve meetings that yeah the meetings about the meetings yeah exactly yeah. so it's it's a little different like yeah culture. yeah totally different and yeah. but for us it's just worked out really well just because we're all remote and if we need to skype about something we just skype about it mm -hmm. with, you know um and and then it's then we just proceed you know and right. everyone as long as you're getting your work done right that's good has there been an issue where someone wasn't doing the work um probably that's probably me um <laughs> <laughs> most of the time uh no i i mean i think everyone you know works really hard so um right. like there are times where I, I think that you know the biggest kind of issue is maybe like when projects stack up on one person you know you try mm -hmm. to like perfectly architect it to where there's like a discovery phase and mm -hmm. then there's a design phase and then there's a development phase and then mm -hmm. oh, they're, they're kind of like overlapping just maybe a day or two hours you know but then but like sometimes it's like all it'll all fall on Reagan mm -hmm. and like he's doing all the work for all the whole company for like two weeks you know and it's like dude sorry about that because I'm just like watching <laughs> like movies <laughs> or whatever you know or like you know uh, or or sometimes they'll fall on me, you know, and it's like, you know, when it's in development, there's like a hard deadline, you know, like a launch day. So so I'm like up late and working until midnight and stuff like that. That's no good for anyone. So right. um, we try really hard to shut things down at, you know, five or six or whatever. And, All right. uh, and then no work on weekends. So yeah, good rule. yeah we're, we're pretty serious. So we're, we're just, it. it's mostly, again, I think Reagan probably just being like, this is how you actually work, and Trent and I are like, but but we could like make more CSS on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but you know, it's it's awesome because you know, you got families, you got things right. you want to do, you know, like right. like, and if you know somebody's overworking on the weekend or there's an expectation to work on the weekend, it's just I don't know, it just kind of ends up being a buzzkill, and everyone's stressed out, and everyone works too hard, and right. A decision probably gets made without somebody involved and it should have you know that's that's not good right. so yeah, yeah definitely because like with larger companies like I probably told a story before but like uh, when um, I'm a friend who worked for a large uh, telecommunications company mm -hmm. and with one of the, the networking arms of it mm -hmm. and they made a decision to come in at four o'clock in the morning to work until you know and then basically shift it from nine to five to like four to I guess what, two or something like that, whatever. Hmm. And that is because they kept on getting uh, pulled away from people who come from upstairs and say, hey, can you work on this XYZ thing? And and oh, interesting. really, so so they did this whole thing where like they would be gone by two o'clock and uh, people would be coming down like three or four asking for them, but 
they right put their day in, they, they would actually get work done for those three or four hours leading up to uh, a normal work day. So I don't think they do it anymore, but, uh, but I think they were trying to prove a point that all those meetings really just slow things down. Yeah, exactly. So I'm yeah, uh, I'm. We had the opportunity to go to In Control in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. That was excellent. Um, but you know, the whole time you're there, you're like, why don't I live here? Exactly. <laughs> and one of the big arguments is the time zone. You know, it's like mm -hmm. three hours from the mainland or something. Or yeah, it's like five hours. Five, four or five. Yeah. yeah. So and you're like, oh man, well that's bad. But then you're like, but maybe that's good. Yeah. Because I miss out on you know. Right. Other people's morning in productivity. You know, like right. the. Did you see this link about this cat eating a snowball? It's adorable. You know, you miss out on that. So yeah, I don't know. That usually gets me inspired to like work <laughs> on stuff that day. That's true. There's that like camaraderie <laughs> aspect. Yeah. You're, but cats. you're like a cat lady. That's true. <laughs> Dot bro. <laughs> <laughs> Can but, you say that? Can you say that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing like really that's been done is like a lot of companies will just um, take their team, which is relatively small, I would say in this like in this example. And just go to Hawaii or go to Panama or whatever and rent out a place for a month yeah. know, or whatever. And they just jam there and have just intense, fun time, but also work uh, together. And they're living like, in, you know, basically a house or like a condo that can handle, you know, the number of people that they have and their families that they have there. So, and, and work, work there. Yeah, so. I've heard Air, or GitHub does that a lot. Yeah. They have like a rolling, like, homestay or whatever. Yeah. Home away or Airbnb thing. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. My favorite beach back home has Wi Fi now. Mm -hmm. So when I was home in May, really? I finally. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had been putting off writing something because I was just too scared to write and yeah. was still recovering from like grad school thesis writing. I was like, I don't, can't do this. Got to the beach, got a pina colada. I'm like, I can do this. I can write this now. And I'm sitting there on the beach and there's like five other people there mm. and like wrote the whole thing. Yeah. It's like, that okay, so this is where my office needs to be. Yeah. Like three wow. feet away from Dotted the water. Line. This is where the bigger name on it's Aaron's yeah. desk. Right Have like little crabs like line the area. Yeah. Maybe. That's good. Those seashells too. Yeah. Yeah, so like um but yeah, so like Hawaii my story about Hawaii was like, I'm gonna go there and I'm not gonna be infected by this Hawaiian like island <laughs> island time thing or whatever. Yeah. It worked for twenty four hours. Twenty four hour twenty fifth hour I was like, you know what? It's time to slow things down. You yeah. Know? Just take it easy. You know. You know what? What's the rush? You know, like. And then the, all this while, like I have like uh, my book, like my, my last book was due. Yeah. And you were, I like, had working on a book yeah. and running a conference. Yeah. And, and, and oh. oh man, it was just terrible. But uh, but yeah, but but yeah, it was just awesome. Just because like if something was going wrong with a conference, I would just walk outside the door. I'm like, oh, why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's hard to be like upset when like waves are just crashing. You're, like. That's pretty deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we had a volunteer, I forgot her name, so I'm sorry, but uh, she came in and was like, oh man, this this cold front is really just terrible. I'm like, uh, you you had a cold front here? Like, no, this is the one we have right now. I'm like, it's 78 degrees. Yeah. Right now. Is that the cold front you're talking about? I'm like, yeah. Okay. Rough. That's <laughs> yeah, rough. That's rough. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that was a year ago we did the control. That was awesome. But, yeah. Great times. So, but yeah, uh, but yeah. So I definitely think um, I love. I think I'm I'm having an issue. We can talk about this like later on, I guess. With it's well, I can just transition to the year in review if, if I want to. Or, yeah. But let's just talk about the one of the things I, I'm looking for 
and I think I learned this the hard way, as I was talking about earlier, was uh, health issues. And so the last, you know, before Thanksgiving or so, but but three months before then, I was just, I had this bursting or infection, and I couldn't knock it because I was always traveling or doing a conference or producing a conference or something like that. And so, and then on, in the middle of that was CSS DevConf at the Stanley Hotel, which is, uh, I got altitude sickness, Whoa, which is just like, uh, and I got the one where like you can't breathe, you know, yeah. can't breathe or whatever. So, yeah. and uh, and it was just just a total horrendous thing and so that. So, um, so this year I think was making more of uh, more of a focus on doing uh, being healthy, yeah, and having more of a lifestyle than working and so Because I feel like very guilty, I guess, if I don't if I'm not working all the time, okay. and it's just it's really hard to shake that. And so when when you guys you know talk about like. Yeah, no work on weekends, and we wrap up this weekend. That's like, that's like a foreign yeah. concept to me. Right, because yeah. everything's a bleed, right? It's yeah. like all one big messy schedule. Yeah. But yeah. Um, my So on those lines, yeah. my 2014 uh, resolution. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. You might have to bleep it out. All right. It's do shit outdoors. Do shit outdoors. Which we had to leave out now twice. Sorry. <laughs> given so it's like given the opportunity. The last year, my it was do shit instantly. Yeah. That was my motto, and and it worked out pretty well. It was like if an email came in, try to respond as soon as possible, mm-hmm. or or like a GitHub issue comes in, try as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I did okay at it, better than years past for sure. Mm-hmm. Or if a dish needs to be washed in my house, that's probably the big thing. Try to, try to do that as soon as possible. Don't just let it sit there. Um, so that was kind of like what I was doing. But now it's it's kind of like I want to, if I'm given the opportunity to do something indoors or do something outdoors, uh, I want to try to choose the outdoor option. That's kind of what I'm going for. Is that just for work or for? That's for like life. I mean, you know, like. I don't know. I'm I'm indoors all the time. I think I like did the math this year, and I'm I'm inside my house like 20 out of 24 available hours a day. Mm-hmm. You know, because I work from home. I walk down the hall. You know, I, I leave my house maybe once a night to whatever, go to whatever Panda Express and get food or something. <laughs> you know, there's like it's a very like finite amount of time that um, very small amount of time that I'm going outside my house or outside the parameters maybe something like this i'll go downtown do mm-hmm. a meetup or something like that um but it just kind of like i'm not like a prisoner or a shut-in or anything i'm far from that but it it's just like that's too much time in, inside you know like, yeah. in austin the town we all live in is has so many amazing amenities in terms right. of outdoor stuff i should probably just take advantage of it yeah, but it's also freaking hot during the summertime. It's super hot. Right. It's super hot. And that's where you have to kind of, like, maybe maybe you have to budget. Maybe you have to, like, front load your outdoor time or whatever. Right, yeah. You know. And that's where I, I'm kind of given the opportunity to do something outside or mm-hmm. inside. Because, um, like, hey, do you want to go lay on the sidewalk in the summer? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, like, that's not, that's not a good opportunity. But if it's, like, like... Hey, we're gonna go down to like the Zilker Kite Festival or whatever. It's gonna be a little hot, right. but you know, I could I can go do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You just need a park with Wi-Fi that you can go sit at and get some work done. That would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have that? No, we should though. Mm-hmm. That should be a thing. I see a park right awesome there. Awesome. <laughs> 
Oh wait, that's a cemetery. That's, a, that's an awesome foundation thing. Let's get it done. Yeah, so one of my ideas, one of my crazy ideas was that once I'm buried, I want to have a Wi-Fi signal around my cemetery, around my coffin marker, so people can come and have Wi-Fi and then chill and out. And then check so, in? Yeah, not check in, but just work. and Because cemeteries are peaceful, right? You know, yeah. yeah. They're kind of things. Yeah. Also, hopefully that's not creepy sounding. Yeah, no. But hopefully, I'm not sure if it is. But, but that's that's a, doing a good deed. Yeah. Once, once you're all solar powered, you know, yeah, yeah. and just you know, get a discount with the whatever the Wi Fi company is, you know, whatever, yeah. yeah so, so, but uh, I can see that conversation. So he's dead, he's not gonna pay his bill, but no, no, it's a trust, there's a fund, yeah, yeah so. but um, yeah, so, but I think that kind of you, know, you can work outside if you want, but I feel like if you're gonna go outside, I think you're the, the idea is just go outside, enjoy, yeah, like shut the laptop, yeah, that's true, and yeah. like walk around. Breathe oxygen yeah. that has not been air conditioned, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, so I don't want to be very down about like cold it being really hot outside. But I will say, like Austin, just it is a um, springtime. It's amazing how many runners and joggers there are come springtime because they're like, it's like they've been cooped up mm -hmm. for like nine months, you know, yes. and they're just like, bam! It's like beautiful outside, and um, and this year I think my prediction for 2014 is going to be the most amazing. Spring Austin has had in a while because we had the October of rain mm -hmm. and the flooding, and then November was pretty good too with that. And then uh, we've had we finally had a, an ice break and a, a cold front move in, so it's going to kill all the insects and that's and so, like, so it's going to be just blooming, uh, awesome. Fingers crossed. Yeah, there you go. So. so everyone, don't move to Austin. Yeah, yeah. You should, actually, it's going to be terrible. Yeah, I didn't say anything. <laughs> So, uh, um, Sam, do you have anything about 2014 or, or any ideas about the year that was? 2013 was, um, my goal was to, it wasn't to reply every email, but it was to try to keep emails down or just keep control of them. They kind of became my new meetings where it's like they were stopping me from getting work done because they just popped up. So it's like I was separating and still I'm fighting with this and it's already December, but like I have each email address on a different program and now I try to designate times that they're open so oh, nice. I can get mm. notifications. I've turned them off completely on my phone, turned off Twitter notifications on my phone and try to be better about it. I yeah. just don't know if I'm winning that war if it can't be won. Mm -hmm. But do you use mailbox app? <clears throat> I do. I that saved my life. Like, it just won't work with my work emails, <sighs> which are the ones that are the most the most killer. How is it? How did Mailbox app save life? Uh, dude, I so I have I'm chronically terrible at inboxing and like uh, inbox three thousand, inbox ten thousand. Yeah. I mean that's where I'm at. Well, that's where I'm at right now. That's yeah. where you're at. Yeah. So bad. And the first thing you do when you walk into Mailbox app or whatever on your phone, they're like, "Hey, you got a lot of email, bud." And you're like, "Yeah." And then they're like, "Do you want us to help you get rid of it?" And you're like, yeah, like help me. And they're like, cool, we're gonna delete all of it. And you're like, what? <laughs> but there's like a safe copy, you know, but yeah. they're like, yeah, we're just gonna get rid of all of it. It's right. just gonna be all gone. Yeah. And you're like, that's it. And then I was just like, okay, cause you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm being ridiculous about like deleting them. So like it goes away and then there's an archive copy and then it's, it's like, bundles it by conversation mm -hmm. like by thread so mm -hmm. it's like you have 40 open threads right now you know do you want to just delete these or like you know what do you want to do with each of these so um that's helped me in terms of like just 
single emails or whatever. Right. So I it that helped me. Um, yeah, I also deleted Twitter from my phone for about a month or so. Oh wow, that uh, can be such a nice thing. It was cool. I, I got inspired by um, Brad Smith, I think his post mm-hmm. on social not working. I think is what it's <laughs> called on Medium. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a post just about like allowing yourself to be bored. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just the idea that when you're in a restaurant and you have two seconds, mm-hmm. don't yeah. check your phone. Yeah. I really can't remember the last time I was like genuinely like I'm bored. Yeah. It just you don't have that opportunity in Austin, just in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then with yeah, with all that, it's. Yeah. See, with around Thanksgiving, I, I made a point to not like pull the phone as much as I could, you mm-hmm. know. But um, just because with my family who aren't in the industry, and so that's kind of like. That would I would see like be thought of as weird mm-hmm. to do that, but yeah, I can just it was, it was kind of weird for me. It was like I didn't instantly go for the, the phone and check Twitter or something. Yeah, yeah. Out. But uh, but yeah, and actually just try to you know hold conversations with people. Yeah, I I mean it's it's tough like when you like love Twitter and you like using it or what whatever your social network of choices. Um, but like yeah, it's but it's so refreshing just to like you know. They'll be there tomorrow, and mm-hmm. they'll be just fine. Yeah, so, like, and I, I know people would get rid of uh, Facebook mm-hmm. off their phone, and so they're not, like, having to check it, or yeah. even words for, with friends, like, like which, I, which I'm terrible at, because I, I get into the mode of playing words with friends, mm-hmm. and then I get busy, and I never finish a game. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, the worst player ever. I'm the, yeah, I'm the worst opponent. Yeah. It's like, start a game, yes! Oh, you know what? Yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah. Yeah, I decided those aren't working for me anymore. That and Letterpress and any of those. So I just downloaded Mist again because yeah. it's on the iPad. I'm yes. like going, you know, for a 12-hour flight home or flights home. Like, I will just play Mist. I don't have slow to depend game. on anybody. Yeah. yeah. And the whole slow thing sounds like something I would like to do for 2014. Like, mm-hmm. I was used to that, you know, in a place where banks were open, like, 9 to 11.30 because the bankers got hungry. Mm-hmm. And then they'd, like, need a nap after they ate, so they'd open at 2, and then, like, oh, there's a happy hour at 4, so the bank would close at 4. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, that sort of stuff. And that you couldn't go to Walmart at, like, midnight because there, well, hey, there wasn't a Walmart. Right. And mm-hmm. nothing in Curacao was open 24 hours a day, and it's like, I kind of do miss that. I need to... Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember who was saying this the other day. I ran into uh, Becky Murphy, mm-hmm. and she just got her book published, and we were just, like, catching up, and... She was just saying, like, oh, I've been busy. We've been meaning to do this thing. I'm like, me too. And we're just like, you know, busy just sounds like, it doesn't even sound like an excuse anymore. It's just like the default now. And that shouldn't be that. And that really Mm -hmm. stuck out in my mind. And I just like to not be busy and not be, like, staying home because I have to, like, answer all the emails and all that. So Yeah. Busy. I'm terrible at that. People are like, how's it going? Oh, I'm busy. And it's like, really, though? Like, I been like six hours like on Upworthy like <laughs> crying about whatever people's dogs so Got link baited in yeah oh, you know nice. like oh. so what I mean it's like that's not mm-hmm. I don't that I'm not busy why, yeah. why do I tell people that it, yeah. and then I've heard I think it was Swissmas who was talking about like saying busy is like saying you're not a priority yeah, that's, that's like a sick burn yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I find that fascinating too it's just like I'm busy, yeah. which means you're not a priority. So in Norway, they're trying out slow TV. Which is? Which is um, just eight hours of like a ship sailing across the coast, and that's all you watch. 
And this is turning into a thing in Norway where it's like they have multiple shows. It'll be like, here's just a garden. We're going to leave the camera here. And wow. it's an eight-hour show or just right. like something turning on a really slow machine. And people are watching this for like an extended period of time and just right. slowing down. Apparently, they've been playing some of the episodes. Like, I don't know on what channels. I've been looking for it. Right. They played around. It's like, we need that. That sounds really nice. Well, like, that, just that, to watch like yeah. waves crash or... Right. Well, it sounds like the... Uh, the annual things of uh, the Yule Log on Netflix, where you just like right. put on a Yule Log and it'll just burn for two hours, whatever, and just like sweet. Just so uh, bringing it back to Japanology uh, <laughs> at the Japanology podcast, uh, you know, Japan has this. Their commercials are fifteen seconds long, you know, mm-hmm. and and it's like, how do you get somebody's attention in fifteen seconds? Well, it's just crazy. Yeah, just super crazy. And you guys have all seen those commercials, but when you watch their movies. All their movies yeah. are really long form, mm-hmm. and like like almost like Western. I think is a lot of Western inspiration, but it's just like they'll show like a train stop, yeah, just filming a train stop for ten minutes mm-hmm. as you like slowly hear the train like Doppler in, and mm-hmm. then it stops, and like two people get off and just stand there for two minutes, right. and you're just like, what's going? On? No one said a single word, yeah, and it's been twelve minutes, you know, exactly, yeah, because like th- th- that's what I find about. Uh, uh, those movies are about um, the sense of being there. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's like totally different experiences from Western, like like our movies, if you will. Just like or just like action within two minutes, or you're, you're bored, right? Like the Indiana Jones movies, like there's something, yeah. something crazy going to happen in ten minutes. It doesn't matter like what's going on right now. So, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, it's definitely a sense of place and making sure that you are in that moment. Yeah. That. So it's yeah. interesting. I was wondering, like, I was listening to the whole Norway thing on NPR and just thinking, like, oh, I can never do that. And I'm like, no, I love to go sit somewhere like Whole Foods and just people watch. And it would just be that for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. oh, what did that person buy? I totally didn't see them as a, you know, Greek yogurt person or yeah. whatever Interesting. <laughs> yeah, how do we get that? It is, yeah, this is a very first world problem we're having. <laughs> I know. Uh, but it is very, uh, our iPods are too fun. But uh, <laughs> it is, but it is interesting. Like, how do you do that? But yeah. On the internet, on YouTube, there's 24 hours of the Star Trek Enterprise background noise. Like, it's oh, just really? the, like, engine noise from <laughs> the Enterprise. Nice. That. It is the best. Oh, I gotta go find that out. Do you just, like, turn Star that Trek. on at the start of I'm, the day? I and... might just start doing it. It's like... Is it Next Generation or just the original? TNG, TNG. Okay, let's classic. Okay. <laughs> but the uh, background noise on YouTube. I gotta follow that on it. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah, because I, I work at, like, um, there's a thing where... Um, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, like in order to write Sherlock Holmes, mm-hmm. he worked best when he was at parties, and write his, his Sherlock mysteries. Interesting. And, that, and so I I work best, and I just recently rediscovered this. I'm like, I just this should be like on post-it note on my forehead. It's like um, I have audio clips of like cafe conversations in the background, mm-hmm. and that's somehow that just focuses me on what I'm doing. Interesting. Yeah, and so I just I just like kind of so zoom that's me your out. thing. Yeah, that's kind. Of, that's good. But yeah. But I do want to say, like, uh, I think 2013 has been the year that I've noticed uh, the link of, uh, the year of link bait headings. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just been, uh, like, the, ed- the editorializing of headings for link bait has been crazy. Like, this a moving story. It'll make you cry. Like, really? It was, it was, you won't believe what this leopard yeah, did next. Yeah, it's just, it's just crazy how that... It's, yeah, I, I mean, and I think it's even in our industry, you know, like, like how SAS is going to kill 
your web design flow, you know, and you're like, it's the well, how is it? It's oh the goodness. South by Talk proposal. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. the original link bait. Yeah, yeah totally. Because there'd be these great titles, and then you go and see the talk, and you're just like, oh, that's not what I thought it would be. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was just not what yeah. it sounded like right. it would be. How to raise $200 billion in your Series A round. Right. And you're like, well, how? Yeah, exactly. That's a lot of money. Yeah, I think it was the South by, like, titles. I mean, man. If you have a rock and roll one, you gotta have a rock and roll show. Like, mm -hmm. Presentation, yeah. otherwise it's it's just fraud. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, completely. Yeah. So, but yeah, that, that's after like I've been to South by since 2004. Because like in the beginning, it was just it was crazy the titles that people would come up with, and now people just come up with crazy titles and they're just it's the boring stuff. Yeah. Like, and then they're like, selling the, you an app. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. But uh, but um, see, I guess one other thing I think is. Um, uh, era like this is flat design. It's been like the year of flat design. Can yeah. You say yeah. like so like. I thought this it started with Microsoft actually. If I can say this because when Microsoft came out with their new Windows, you know, OS, if you will, it was like I thought they were cheating because it was like oh you're doing rectangles, easiest things for a computer to draw mm -hmm. with flat color mm -hmm. and the tiles. You just put them tiles. They call them tiles or whatever. I thought like that's total cheating. That's like the, like that's like zero like not zero work but I'm just like uh, making graphics for for any program that's like totally easy yeah to pull it off and and it gets them past a lot of uh, multiple screen hurdles mm -hmm. to do right because you know we, we kind of conquered color on multiple screens already we got sRGB we get we can do all that sorts of cool stuff get past that and so like, oh, that's that's total cheating but I understand it and I think maybe Apple just realized. That they couldn't keep up with their what is it scoophormorphism? Is that how? Skeuomorphism. Yeah, skeuomorphism. I have no idea. But um, and and they say like realize that maybe it wasn't scalable, mm -hmm. or it cannot be scalable across you know the whole entire their whole app ecosystem mm -hmm. and iOS system. So I don't and uh, and I love flat design. Now that kind of like because now like I feel like Apple fanboy. You're saying like. Microsoft, you cheated, and Apple's like, <laughs> you're the best. You're the I best. You. <laughs> but I see, I, I see it as a win for uh, scaling, of course, mm -hmm. internalized internalization. So it's easy to swap out words mm -hmm. that are as graphics and so that. But I will say, there's still a lot of problems with iOS seven. It's not polished. I think the most heinous uh, uh, design uh, flaw is the scroll wheel for for iOS seven. It I thought iOS 6 was like, it looks polished, it's easy to understand, you need to scroll up and down, mm -hmm. just because of the 3D effect. Uh, the text on scrolling in iOS 7 feels like a geometry puzzle I'm trying to solve, like, mm -hmm. like which letter am I, which number am I pulling down, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I don't I think it has to be a little more fluid on iOS 7 than it is, but, uh, but yeah, I just want you guys, what are your thoughts on iOS? I can barely talk. <laughs> Do you want to go? I'll go. I'll go while you get, find your voice. Um, yeah, the, I mean, it's it's interesting. I, I, you know, my opinions may be a bit of a paid opinion, but uh, <laughs> I, I I like the Microsoft, formerly known as Metro, <laughs> vibe. Um, Do you know what's it called now? Uh, Windows 8 UI Design. Dot com. Yeah. <laughs> App. I don't know. I wasn't in charge of naming. I, they should have put me in charge. I would have come up with some cool Rupert design. But um, 
The it was yeah it was um I mean you know what I like about it is it's very typography based you know they have a very very Sago UI and Sago are very sexy fonts they're very nice fonts um, so I really like how how they play and I like that it's typographically driven and it's not and it's um, they actually have a note that it's like people driven it's it's like you click on faces and stuff like that that's how you find things. Um, it, so I like that um, aspect about it. It's not, you know, kind of these, uh, you know, widgets and ribbon menus and all the stuff that Microsoft is kind of notorious for right. making terrible. So, um, <laughs> so I, I think like they did a really awesome job with it. And um, you know, I think you know if you compare like, you know, if you use a Windows phone and you use iOS seven, you know, and you put it in the hands of like maybe a stranger or whatever, you know, like find out which one they like, you know, they, I mean, everyone knows what iPods are and everyone knows they're cool and everyone knows they play Angry Birds and that makes them amazing. Yeah. But like, for me, it's like pretty competitive, like in terms of like the looks of the operating system right. uh, and, and the feel, um, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, the software totally isn't there, um, you know, just if you did compare, but but now you're looking at Apple, you know, it's it's like their their OS is like it's it took a step down, I I, I think. Um but it was a step they had to take, like you said, they they couldn't, you know, scale it up. I mean I think they were developers were hitting problems like putting out retina iPhone apps that their apps were going over 20 megs or whatever, and that's the download limit mm -hmm. on on cellular, so people couldn't get apps, mm -hmm. just simple apps like like things or something like that, mm -hmm. um, because the, the app had too many skewo graphics in it. So right. um, it's it's interesting, but I think it's just a challenge. Uh, that's kind of the challenge, right? It, I recently at that talk in um, Rhode Island talking about responsive images or whatever, I kind of drew the correlation between the images and video games and uh, like when NES went to SNES and 8-bit Mario became 16-bit Mario, you know. Um, it's not a direct comparison, but we're kind of dealing with the same thing. It's like we have, now we have more information, right. but, um, you know, and, and we have higher def devices and stuff like that. Um, I feel like we're dealing with like a, a similar problem. Um, in, in our industry and stuff, and that's you know, kind of stuff that's been solved, for the most part. Like graphics are all vector now, and right. you know, everything's a polygon, and maybe that's not great for the web right now, because it would take like 12-minute loading screens <laughs> or whatever. But, um, but you know, I, I'm curious to see where it goes. So. Right. Well, like, well, that kind of dovetails into, um, you know, one of my other points was like um, the gear of maturing a responsible web design, mm -hmm. right? I think that just, it was just, um, you know, kind of three simple pro, you know, principles for doing responsible websites. And then now it's like, um, in some ways, you know, Artifact, which was a design idea of Jennifer Robbins, mm -hmm. was like, you know, as a designer, she's trying to grasp what it means to design with responsive uh, process, right? What does that entail? And so we, you know, we worked with her to, to bring Artifact to Austin and, you know, what you're talking about, Providence up there. Uh, and I think the most, uh, was kind of shocking, was one, the audiences were split. We, we built it for the designers, but the audience was like split 
50-50 developers and designers, which just kind of like threw us for a loop that mm -hmm. developers wanted to come and see this. Um, but also, what was kind of the content was that uh, people want to see, how do I work with clients in this workflow? Because you can, you know, with fixed widths, you know, and with uh, desktop being the dominant form of browsing on the, on the web, you could easily just, you know, do like mm -hmm. 960 pixel layout, we've done mm -hmm. with it and move it over or move it up to the 1020, whatever, whatever you want to do. And then throw it to your developer, they'll cut it out, post it, whatever. And now with everything being so fluid, you actually have to see how things look and, and multiple yeah. devices and stuff like that. And so it was kind of weird how like that, those, those discussions and artifact um, just resonated with people. Like I, I've never seen a conference before where that, where the first session out the door got so much quality Q&A about how I do business mm -hmm. and stuff. And, and, and I mean, we talked about how Paraval does business because you guys are a three-person three shop and maybe you're, you can you pull this off a little bit more, I guess, I would say. But um, when I was a freelancer before responsive design, it was like, if you could make a client be a partner with you as you design, that was awesome. And now it seems like status quo in terms of what you want to do, uh, in terms of what you have to do in order to do responsive design. Like, is that kind of how you feel about it, or? Yeah, and I think, I think what it takes is is you need to kind of sit down with the client and say, what do you need? You right. know, for me, anything you add, you know, and this is like building an app or something like that. But um, anything you add adds complexity, and, mm -hmm. and so if you're adding complexity. Well, that makes responsive web design even harder. Mm -hmm. Complexity and responsive web design are adversaries. So that's been, that's the challenge. And so that's why you want to like rip out anything you can rip out. That's why you want to like work with them and be like, what's your audience? Who are you targeting? What's your, you know, what, who are you trying to reach here with this website or this page or this framework or whatever? That, um, and anything you can rip out, you know, is awesome. You know, if you can rip out a carousel, wow, you just saved yourself about 100 hours or something. Mm -hmm. You know, there's just all these things, you know. And mm -hmm. um, so now you have to really work with the client um, to kind of show the pros and cons of, of what what their decisions or their wants are kind of Im impacting. You right. know, otherwise, you know, it used to be just like... Um, you know, client wants something, you say, okay, yeah, that sounds yeah. good, you know, but now it's like, well, that's going to be hard because, I mean, what you, you ask for an interactive map, you know, with buttons and widgets and custom mm -hmm. graphics and stuff, and then, like, you can do all that stuff, but, like, on mobile, that's going to be terrible. That'll be a terrible experience. So mm -hmm. have you thought about that? And so everything becomes a discussion. Mm -hmm. I can't remember who said it. I, th I think it was at Artifact in Austin about the, like, throwing it over the cubicle wall is not a thing anymore, that you are just, you know, pushing it over. Now the client does have to get involved, the developer, the designer has to, like, make sure they set it up the right way. It's just a lot more of a together process rather than, there's always the us versus them fights. Mm. It's always designer, developer, developer, client, or designer, client, and there's always just that separation now it's like that can't happen anymore there needs to be good communication there needs to be you know getting everybody on the same page mm -hmm. just having what you need instead of adding all this extra stuff which you know also I think flat design plays a little bit into that of right. just what you need rather than like extra fluff right. um, that doesn't necessarily help but it's 
It's definitely cool. There's like this elastic thing I think that's happening with like all these new things are happening and then everybody's doing it and then it's like, okay, we don't need everything. We can <laughs> slow it back down and it mm -hmm. keeps happening. It happened with flat design. It's like switch everything to flat. Okay, calm down. Yeah. Make everything responsive. Okay, only if we need it. Right. Put a carousel on everything. Okay, only if we need it. It's this like weird back and forth yeah. thing. Like everything expands and then just calms back down. Right. And then I think that's also to... You need the skills to also build things, but you also need the soft skills to mm -hmm. be able to handle and talk to a client mm -hmm. and do that. And so that's kind of where I'm concerned about uh, kids going through college. Maybe they don't have the soft skills to deal with a client. And, you know, the client will go say, I want X and they'll just build X, right? And just, mm -hmm. just like, well, that's what the client wanted. And here you go and pass it off. Whereas there needs to be an understanding that, you know, it's a conversation that needs to be an ongoing conversation throughout the whole project that needs to go through that. So. And um, you know, in some you know, in you know, you mentioned uh, that, that you know, paid paid uh, sponsorship maybe with the uh, Microsoft Metro or whatever it's called now. <laughs> but uh, but uh, how is the process with Microsoft? You know, that's a big company. Um, yeah. Did you have that kind of discussion throughout? And yeah, I mean, it took it takes a lot, and they've got a lot of employees. You know, like tens of thousands. You know, mm -hmm. so um, and to get people on board to this kind of universal experience for all devices I mm -hmm. mean that's not something you just walk in and be like this is what I I'm doing you know right. you have to like talk to a lot of people and kind of get people on board and mm -hmm. you know I mean and rightly so I mean I, I'm sure like people are like uh, we shouldn't do this it's not gonna work it's not gonna work but right. it worked out so right did you feel like you had to convert people to our responsive or yeah I mean you did know you, it, did you have to do some evangelism for oh totally I mean and, and that's I think in any you know company we kind of work with um, we work with a lot of companies and kind of graft on but um, yeah I mean any company is just kind of like like oh, this sounds like it's gonna cost you know be a lot more work you know and right. stuff like that and you're like it, it it is but like if you try to like again back to like the go simple thing of what Sam was saying like if, if you just try not to load the page up with all the crazy new popular things, the parallaxes and the everything, then it actually gets pretty easy. You know, like, mm. it's like when you're trying to get clever. I, this is another thing I always say. It's just like, whenever you get clever, things get more difficult, you know, mm -hmm. down. You're, you're creating complexity and problems. Right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, I think it's a good time to just take a break a little bit and just see um, from us discussing what 2013 was all about what the new next year and actually we and bring in a past guest on the show and see what was what they have to say about the year and so we actually reached out and to a couple people and uh, Jonathan Snook who was on our show earlier uh, had this to say uh, well it's interesting to look at my year uh, and how it started uh, I was actually just getting over uh, kidney stones and dealing with a lot of daily pain and uh, thankfully that you know dissipated in early January so health-wise, uh, you know, things have definitely gone a lot better this year. Professionally, it's been a year of transition. Um, you know, I had a career as a front-end developer, as a back-end developer, a designer, uh, and then shifting into product management um, in the first half of this year. And I think that's gone really well. It's uh, been a huge amount of learning. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I've liked this kind of exploration within my career that I haven't done before. And as a result of that, I've seen... You know, lots of cool stuff coming down the pipe that 
keeps me interested and keeps me excited. And I think that's what we want, right? We want to be interested in our careers. As far as what do I see happening in the new year, I think as an industry, um, you know, I think we'll continue to evolve. Um, I don't see any big challenges. Uh, what I do like is the fact that, um, you know, as browsers evolve more quickly, that we have new opportunities to explore uh, new ways of solving problems, that uh, it feels very much like it did back in sort of 2002, 2003, where we were constantly working on how do we solve these problems and, and coming up with new techniques instead of sort of the old uh, table space or way of doing things. And because we have all these new tools that we're really seeing some really uh, cool implementations, some cool ideas come out that, uh, you know, over the next few years, uh, I think are going to have a huge Im impact on the way we do things. So I think the big thing is table spacers making a big comeback. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> Put him in. Yeah. So, so Slip was like, uh, he actually, like, you're talking about uh, new challenges, like his first career, like he went from designer, I guess, the in the trenches guy, if you will, mm -hmm. to being a manager. And so, um, uh, and so, which is, I think it's kind of natural evolution. We talked, talked a little bit about this with Karen McGrain um, in, in that episode there, where um, she actually, I think she tried to be a manager for a while and it just didn't work out. She was like, for Razor Fish, she was actually, just looking at spreadsheets all day and trying to find out what the best use of people's time was and try to get clients going. So, and um, she couldn't really rock it, but it sounds like uh, Snoke, who's now a product designer, he's, he's still more in tune with the technology and able to dictate decisions about it and help people and his team to move forward with it. So I think that's pretty good. I think it's a really great year. I mean, that sounds like a great career challenge and professional challenge for him to do that. So uh, so at, uh, at Perval, do you find yourself more of a manager or are you still like, Oh, I, I code. I code every day. So uh, is Reagan more the manager? Uh, no, it would be Trent, Trent, if anyone's our manager. He's the, the, the boss. Um, but, yeah, I think, um, but, yeah, we all try to work and we all try to, like, touch either code or design, you mm. know. Um, uh, I, yes, Jonathan's very good at his job, so mm. I, I totally see that as a totally natural mm progression for him he's, yeah. Yeah. He's, really good. he's a sharp guy and he's always knows trends he's kind of like I don't know the internet's CTO and so, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like, what would Jonathan say about this uh, that's, yeah, that's, pretty, that's, that's high praise actually so and then also we talked about the browsers making leap forward like that's another thing that we didn't really talk about but this is also like I think 2013 was a year like where it was it was like first year from start to finish where like it was just a known quantity that browsers would be updating rapid, you know, rapid fire like Chrome and uh, everything, pretty much everything else except Internet Explorer and Safari. Well, so. yeah, IE is shipping more mm -hmm. frequently than Safari now. Yeah, which is pretty wild. Yeah, Safari had those really small changes. I don't think in anything much in in like CSS stuff or anything. Like that. I think it was more of just like you know being able to tweet directly from the browser and that right, sort more of integration. Stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Which is just kind of weird. I don't know what to do. But, um, but yeah, so, yeah, so it's just to have, like, we have browsers now. We have, it's kind of where we actually have uh, developers who are probably, like, I want to say grow up, but I've seen, like, the earlier development of the web and how painful it was. And now maybe I like to say, like, they're in a spot where they can actually make changes to the code and code base and say, oh, that's a problem. Just change it. And I think a lot of it had to do with, you know, HTML5, mm -hmm. you know, that split off from XHTML2. 
and that we're just like we have a problem let's go let's go solve it bake it into the browser yeah there's been a lot I mean you know it used to be every time you go to a website you had to download some plugin or something mm. like that and now you know I mean now it seems like it's less and less you know it's like it's just ask for permission to use a feature, you know, full screen or something like that. So pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I, I think we're in a good time as far as browsers. I think that's been the big thing, tooling in browsers, like dev tools and stuff like that. I mean, the best. if you compare that to using <coughs> Firebug five years ago, yeah. I mean, night and day, totally different. Um, yeah. So it's cool. I, I'm, I probably spend most of my day in console on, you know, dev tools. I mean, well, yeah, that's also like one of my, my points is like have command line tools is that uh, it's amazing how I think this year um, that I've noticed and uh, that they're just tools that designers need to know more about and not be afraid of the command line tool more. And so my kind of like um, it's kind of joke that CSS DevConf was a, a SaaS was a gateway drug. Mm -hmm. to command line interface yeah. a little bit. But I felt like, for me, it's been Git and GitHub. It's been like kind of like the, uh, you know, just the, the drug of choice to get, to get more into command line. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I I talk with Brad Frost a bit. Um, mm -hmm. Brad hates the command line. Yeah. And uh, he's very vocal about it. But, you know, it's, it's so, it's like, amazing power you know and but you just need to know a few spells you know yeah. <laughs> and you know not asking you to like whatever like like invent reinvent the internet it's like literally typing three words in to like like save your project save a version of your project or mm -hmm. three words to like take you know your you can like run grunt and you can minify all your css and mm -hmm. javascript you can do you know compile your SAS, you can like push it up to GitHub, you could push it up to an FTP server, you know, and you just type you just type grunt and like as long as you set it up and you right. figured out how to configure it, like you could it's like these magic spells. Right. And that's what it is to me. And it's all this how and does that make your job easier? Yeah, probably. I mean yeah. Like if you can figure it out, but there's, there's still that learning curve to like get to that point. Yeah, there's a mental hurdle about like how do you get to from right. A to just power user or whatever? But mm -hmm. that's the same thing like in Photoshop. And that's somebody makes this argument, and I forget who it is, but you know, how do you know all 7,000 buttons in Photoshop? You know, it's like most, and people do, you yeah. know, and they have no problems with that. But it's like learn three words. Oh no, I'm not going to type three words into a thing. Well, like, well, <laughs> well, I don't think you need to know, like, uh, all the buttons in Photoshop or all the options in Photoshop, it's um, it's like uh, it's like the, the with Microsoft Word, right? Mm -hmm. Most people just use ten percent, fifty percent of Word, and they're okay with that, you know, and uh, and that's fine, you know. So most people who use Photoshop, you know, probably don't care about you know changing their mode from RGB to you know black and white or grayscale or something like that. You know, yeah, like, they'll never deal with that problem. So, um, but yeah, so. I can totally see where like you just need to know enough to be you know to do some damage, right? And so to do yeah, it's just, yeah, and like there's only a few things that you can do to like really mess your environment up. So, right. but yeah. and I've done all those things, <laughs> and it's not that bad. You get a new computer out of it. 
Right. <laughs> I feel like at first when you go into it, you feel like I'm like Neo in the Matrix. Like I can yeah. just type something and something cool is going to happen. It's yeah. like this is too much power for me. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like even if it's just, you know, getting the SaaS stuff up and running, it's like, what if I did that wrong? Is that right. going to like break something? Is that going to email my mom something? Yeah. Like, what is yeah. going on? I mean, you can just say like, you can type into the, the command line, mm. say space, mm. open bracket, hack into the main frame, <laughs> close the parenthesis, hack into the mainframe. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And then you, you actually have a virtual world of the servers, and you're just flying around them, yeah. and able just to hack into each yeah. one that you want. It's, it's kind of weird. It all comes back to the movie Hackers. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how you pull it off. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so like, um, I feel like when teaching students, I feel like um, I try to personalize the goal, like if, you know, have a have them talk to a website about a hobby or whatever like that. And so for me, it's been like <coughs> using GitHub and GitHub pages as web hosting for all my simple, silly like sites, right? Yeah. And so yeah. you have not a, I don't want to equate it as silly, but you have a really great project uh, called Accessibility Project. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I love the concept of that. I, I love the idea that you're doing it. I love the fact that, um, and I, I checked on it a while ago just to see like, I'll just add my two cents. I, I know it's accessibility knowledge. I think everything I could possibly add had already been submitted through um, through issue and merge pull requests that I would probably be able to add my two cents in for that. And so it's been, I mean, like, you know, tell us how you like came up with the project and how it's going. Yeah. So about the beginning of the year, I just wanted to make a, you know, I know about accessibility. I I personally find it very difficult to. Um, find information and resources and stuff like that. Um, and I've been developing websites, again, like 17 years or something like that, and so I just felt like, God, it just needs to be easier or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, you find information and then you find out it's totally out of date because right. like, you know, some guy just wrote this in 1997 and right. the blog post has amazing SEO right. <laughs> and apparently no one agrees with it. But <laughs> um, And then a lot of the, because it's a lot of smart people working in accessibility, a lot of the, the the articles are super long form. They're really like mm. like like books. I mean, or literally some are like MIT college papers, you know, right. um, research studies. And so I was just like, God, we need to like be able to distill this and get the highlights and keep those up to date. Mm -hmm. And I just I've had such good experience with GitHub and stuff like that. Like totally out in the open. Anyone can edit it. If right. you see a problem, you just fix it. Right. Um, and we'll probably say yes, so you could kind of troll us pretty hard, <laughs> but please don't. Um, so it, but it's been helpful because I mean, you know, people have, people who maybe don't know how to use GitHub, but they do know how to leave a comment on a thread. You know, they've provided an, some amazing accessibility help, and and that's been awesome. And now we have kind of, it's you know, it kind of is stalled out, but we're kind of talking about doing another push in in terms of like getting content because we actually have I think we have like another 11 or 12 articles just sitting in the hopper right. like that we need to just edit and fact check and right. or, or just finish writing right and then so. but you can just talk about like the technology that's using like you know to, to make that happen one of course is GitHub where mm -hmm. you're using uh, issue tracking to find any issues that you have but also if someone wants to contribute they do the copy you know they do a forking and then pull the report they, they update their stuff and they just do a pull request with their own article attached to it and saying like, hey, here's my article, is that how it would work, right? So, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so you're ending the articles written up in 
Like YAML, is that what it is? Or? Uh, yeah, Markdown. And Markdown. so you just like write a post in Markdown. There's a little bit of metadata, and, mm -hmm. and it's pretty awesome. But we can even take, like, if you just want to write a gist on GitHub, mm -hmm. which is Markdown, just do that. Yeah. And we'll put we'll put it in the site for you, okay. you know, and like give you credit or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, that I mean, and that's kind of the thing is it's more like it's so it's a blog, but it's almost like a wiki in the sense like it stays up to date. But mm -hmm. um, but a wiki that I feel like anyone can contribute to. There's a lot more. Right. Um, I don't know. Wikis have always been kind of dark places for me to oh, find things. Yeah, I hate the wiki. Yeah. I, it's tough. It's yeah. there. It's a great software, but it's. Unless it's Wikipedia, it's really hard to navigate. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like you have to want to update it if it's anything about Wikipedia, you know? Just yeah. 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 I mean, there's a lot of great things, like webplatform.org is mm -hmm. a wiki and stuff like that. Right. Um, is that? I'm sure, really, I must have mistyped that. But, um, you know, so, like, there's a lot of good things, but it's it's just tough. It's tough to keep it updated, you know? And MDN, Mozilla's Document Network. Mm -hmm. That's a good one, yeah. But again, it's tough to keep a wiki up to date, right? And um, but then, so I just want to talk about just a little bit more technology. So you also, I think I saw a blog post about it. Like your blog post about it was like you used um, a framework, Twitter Bootstrap, maybe uh -huh. for it, yeah, because you just want to play around with it. And then, how are you compiling and pushing it to a website? Um, so I use Twitter Bootstrap, um, a SaaS version, um, mm -hmm. and it's. It's pretty simple. Um, I use Bootstrap because I didn't want to. I wanted the project out there more than I wanted to like think about design and argue right. with people about design and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Bootstrap isn't the best in terms of accessibility, ironically, right. but it's it's pretty good. Um, and but yeah, so that's um, that's why we did that. But it's really it's just we installed it and there's a little bit of SAS you have to run, um, and then you. But it should all run just fine. Um, but then you commit that new SAS, you push it up to GitHub, and then you do a pull request, we'll accept it, and then your article is live on the site because it's built in Jekyll. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, like GitHub, their GitHub pages, it supports Jekyll out of the box. So, mm -hmm. um, so it's pretty awesome. I mean, that's what healthcare.gov was built on Jekyll. Guys. Well, that's that's, that's that's actually well, like speaking of that's actually one of my things was like uh, for 2013 and it just recently happened was uh, uh, it wasn't hosted on GitHub I hope right I think it might have been oh my but gosh, okay. well no so there's like a back end like right. all the like actual data and stuff like that right that was over on their server their, their yeah their okay big Java server things okay. Yeah, because... Um, or maybe Ruby. Yeah, I just want to say, like, for the, uh, if you're living in America, I'm not sure what there's, like, how it looks like from the outside looking in around the world looking in, but it just seemed like uh, the government couldn't do a website. And it was so weird for the last month, couple months, just to hear uh, the major news headline be uh, site failure. You know, it was, it's like, it pained me, like, knowing that we're in this industry that uh, they couldn't get this website to work. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, just there is interesting like uh, like because they had it up on GitHub mm -hmm. and they had like people giving pull requests and this one dude was like I ran your images through Image Optum and I brought the file size down two megs, <laughs> like basic yeah 
like in my opinion like basic like web design things yeah. now right mm-hmm. he's just like i got it from like a three second load time to a whatever 1.1 second load time mm-hmm. on my local machine right. so i mean you're stripping out 66 percent of their server overhead right well that makes a difference when so many people are trying to meet hit it you know yeah. And, um yeah i don't know that that's it's weird it's weird i think somebody made the point the weirdest thing about it is like that there are requirements about websites in laws that go through the government right like so weird i mean there's ada stuff there's yeah there's a lot of there's all these like it has to do this it has to serve this many people at this you know Mm -hmm. i just like golly maybe i don't know i don't know if it (laughs) keeps up to date with what technology can do though I, i don't think it's evolving as fast as like let's say responsive web design or something else where there's like new things coming out all the time or like progressive enhancement i don't think that's like anywhere in the scope documentation. yeah 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 it's not like it must be a mobile first website or, I don't know. it's just yeah. crazy well also i felt like if the the goal of the website was to reach uh younger healthier people and or sustaining healthcare, and so i don't want to get too political about it i don't want to get political at all about it. but my, my, my comment was, if it is to reach those people, why wasn't it a Facebook app? That's fair. Yeah. I mean, that's just like, why was why did it have to be a website? Yeah. Was it because it had to be a website? Because that's what, for the past, you know, 10, 15 years, governments realized, oh, there's websites out there, you know? And so they have regulations on the books about it, but they don't have regulations on Facebook apps or whatever. Yeah, interesting. So, so yeah. That's my big... So, but I think for the last two months, it's just been crazy knowing that I, my industry has been, you know... Just kind of like, <laughs> like my in-laws sat me down to talk to me about healthcare.gov. Yeah. So, what's up? Are, what are you doing to fix this problem? Right. Or like they're like, <laughs> so it's pretty messed up, huh? And I'm just like, yeah. And I wouldn't have shipped it. Like you know, <laughs> yeah. it's just like I would, or I would have rolled it out on a smaller beta. You know, like you do with any sort of startup. Right, yeah. You like. Maybe they should have targeted Delaware first and rolled it out right. to the rest of the country, you know. Right, that's, that would make like, even more sense. Like, just say, hey, this is, yeah, like, uh, if you have a Delaware IP address. Yeah, like, you know, yeah, you it. are, we're going to roll this out to citizens of Delaware first, yeah. you know, or something, you know, like. Yeah. Well, I just, I also felt like, like, how much money, I, I don't know how much money the, the price tag was. Like 550 million. million. Yeah, 550 million. Do you, I mean, About half a million, never mind. No, yeah. Half, half a, a billion. billion. <laughs> yeah, do you know how many like companies that would like work in Capital Factory, they could build a website for half a billion dollars? Dude, I would have built yeah. it and yeah. it would have worked and I'd be on a space yacht right now. <laughs> <laughs> it would be so awesome. I'm so excited about space yachts. Going to space, Sam. 2014. Space, space yachts are pretty awesome. <laughs> Why don't we have space yachts yet? Right. But, um, they're, they're coming. They're coming. Oh, sweet. Oh, yeah. I'm building one. <laughs> so is there a place to put requests like you did earlier in the year? Um, or it, you reported issues? Oh. <laughs> in in for, like, uh, for what? For... Because you had on GitHub, but this oh, was healthcare.gov. Uh, yeah, that was healthcare.gov. They had a, a web, like, a GitHub that you could put issues, but... Uh, are you referring to when I trolled the White House? Yeah. Yes, I did troll the White House. <laughs> Oops. Through GitHub. Through GitHub, and never do that. That's my lesson, because uh, if you start an issue, you cannot unsubscribe. So I got yeah. 600 plus, fo- uh, I thought they were all hilarious <laughs> jokes, but then 
some like truthers started getting in there. It got a little rando. Uh, and that's when you use mailbox app too. Dude, <laughs> that's when the spam filter hits. Yeah. It's great. Okay. Oh man, that's awesome. And sad at the same time. <laughs> so uh, let's just uh, go back and um, hear back from our previous guests and see yeah. what they have to say about, about the year and what we meant to them. So, and this one uh, is Rachel Neighbors. Love her. One important thing that I learned was that when it came to finding my dream job, after interviewing at many places and speaking with many people, I figured out that if I want my dream job, I have to make it myself. Which is why in 2014, I'm starting my own interactive publishing and consulting company. I don't have a name for it yet but I'm sure I'll think of one. I also have a bunch of conferences I'm going to over in Europe, and I'm looking forward to visiting there again. I'm always looking forward to speaking to people about web animations and interactions, and I hope I'll see you guys there. I had one thing to leave you with from 2013. One lesson that I learned is that sometimes what you think you want isn't what you actually need. Hopefully, You'll find that useful in 2014. I look forward to seeing what great things we make in the next year. Keep it awesome! So, Rachel, I think what I love about our industry and I think what Rachel's, um, I don't say discovered, but she's doing is that uh, um, if you can't find a dream job, just make it. Mm -hmm. And I just love that. I love it that we can just like, yeah. I'm just going to just do my own thing because I have a passion for it. And, you know, Capital Factory where we are has lots of people who decided to, like, start their own thing, start their own business looking for funding or, or whatnot. And there's plenty of places around here, like uh, Conjunctured, VUCA, or whatever, for co-working. So it's been, <clears throat> I mean, if you work on an industry, there's there's so much things you can do, like so many avenues you can take just to build, be your own person and start your own brand if you're in a way. So. And uh, I think Rachel already has a strong brand already, so, but, um, and uh, so what do you think about that? I think it's cool. I'm curious to see where, where it goes for her in terms of starting her publishing and consultancy. I, I think that's cool. Um, yeah, Rachel is a genius in, in my mind, just in terms of what she does with CSS yeah. and transitions and animations. Right. And, um, you know, she makes me feel like I don't know anything about it. So, um, so it's pretty awesome. And it, and she's also satisfying uh, her her own itch. She want she likes she does anime and mm -hmm. you know really well. And she wants to make these uh, kind of long form or maybe like web shorts, you know, episodes, mm -hmm. you know, in browser. And um, so she's that's cool, you know, yeah. and. and the, and I can only imagine her publishing and consultancy deals with that. But um, but yeah, so it's um, it's it's cool that she's just like I made the job I want. So there yeah. you go. That's it's really cool that she's sharing that as well. Like when you do see those CSS transitions, they're on code pen, and it's like yeah. you know take this apart. You know she always uses her cat, may it rest in peace, yeah. <laughs> um, to you know model different things. And you're like, okay, I'm gonna move this leg, and I get to try this out, and. It's always exciting to see, kind of be along with somebody in that journey. Right. And especially, it's it's really transparent on, on the web side mm -hmm. of things when people are sharing that. It 
helps other people kind of feel inspired by that. Like that's that's really exciting to yeah. to hear what she just said and be like, yeah. what is that dream job? Like makes yeah. you just question, wonder. Yeah, and, and yeah, I think that's. I love the fact that she shares and uh, you know first time um, I saw her I think it was at CSSFConf in, in Honolulu and and um, the most amazing part to CSSFConf and I knew that we were gonna do it again was when one of the first stories like I knew we were gonna do it again was when. Um, Tab Atkins was in the audience for her, mm-hmm. and she brought up a problem about animations. And Tab is a Google hacker, works on the spec uh, for for Google. Mm-hmm. You know that's what he does is work on specs, spec writing. And so like, yeah, you know, we need to fix that. And just for that immediate part, like, wow, we're actually gonna fix problems here instead of doing that. And and that's because of Rachel is there to, to help move along with with animations. So I think it's it's pretty awesome. And so. And she does share a lot with her code and does a lot of cool things with her code. In fact, I think, uh, I have for 2014, I think animations are just going to blow up even more so, especially with, um, I think, lack, lack of prefix. You don't need a prefix uh-huh. for a lot more stuff anymore. Yep. Actually, I think we've figured that out Yeah, much. I think we've no, checked that. just kind of shipped. Yeah. Just, you don't have to prefix your keyframes, I don't think. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I actually found some old code on, like, a, like a, like a JS fiddle or whatever, and it was all prefixed, and I had to go, in order to get it to work, I had to like unprefix it. Interesting. <laughs> so I was like, oh. That's the <laughs> problems now. Yeah, yeah no, I, it's, I, you you know, you go to every startup website, you know, um, there's a little bit of animation that kicks in. Which is great, right? It's great, and then all the cool kids in Silicon Valley, they're all using Quartz, whatever. What is Quartz? I just read about it's, it today. Well, it's what a Quartz, what's a Quartz, Quartz composer? composer. Yeah, it's like a, it's a part of iOS, or sorry, part of like DevTools. Um, but it's like basically how you make um, like video and stuff like that. But it has a really good physics engine in there that, you know, you can kind of program. Um, so it's kind of interesting how the, uh, like these tools for, you know, kind of video-centric tools, you know, that's how you make all your, what a, like, your ah uh, shoot what the iChat like bubbles and stuff like or all those filters for iChat and stuff like you do all those in like Quartz Composer. Oh, so you run them like real time through Quartz? Yeah, so okay. yeah, it's inter- it's kind of just like a filter that mm-hmm. it can apply, but it has a lot of good math in it. So yeah, I saw some demos where you actually do like like a lot of cool um, motion graphics with mm-hmm. it too. So you have like a lot of things like almost like ESPN motion backgrounds. Like, I love. I love ESPN just for their background graphics, just for their, when they have the information displays. I just, I think it works of art. I can just like look at them. Yeah, forever. they have a giant department just yeah. for yeah. all of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it shows. That's where they, if they didn't have that, like in the ESPN, I think it's got to be on YouTube, early ESPN videos, like mm-hmm. it was broadcasting. They look disgusting compared to what's out there now with HD and high glossy production values. So mm-hmm. it's it's crazy how, how, how awesome it's been right now. So. Yeah, the, I, you know, they have a little bit of 3D work that goes in there, too. I think 3D might be a big deal, mm-hmm. just knowing, because we can do that with WebGL and all that, or Canvas, you know, you could, like, statically render it, but um, I think that's going to be kind of a big deal, it's just a little bit of 3D, maybe. Well, and then it, there'll be Google 3D, or 3D Google Glasses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, to 3D. view this website, you know, instead of the, to view this website, please download, you yeah. know, Macromedia, Flash, Buy this $1,500 wearable. <laughs> best view is Google Glass, but, um, but even like Amazon has embraced 3D. Like if you do a book search now, like there it'll load up and the book will pivot like it's 3D, and then you hover over the cover. Oh, yeah, the cover yeah. Like, 
do that. So it's like a touch of 3D, and so it's almost like kicking the tires virtually. Mm -hmm. I want to say somebody redesigned um, ESPN a while, or like the graphics that overlay, like in a flat manner. I can't find it, but it's very very minimal instead of like the crawler and everything. Yeah, like why is every why does everything look so futuristic? Yeah. <laughs> like, just tell me the score, you know. Yeah. Why is it got a like a a grill on it? But yeah. um, I'm yeah, I need to. I'll try whatever. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, Sports Center half the time looks like it's like Portal Two, just it's like <laughs> zooming in and out yeah. of like it's yeah, yeah, it's like it's the future. If I can get them to stop qualifying their stats with like three qualifiers, like this is the best game, the second half. The last six games. Here's lose picks. <laughs> so, yeah. like, how about you just saving the score and then yeah. let's move on? But, uh, do you m- think we're going to see a lot of SV or a lot more SVG stuff like now yes. working in with all the transitions and transforms? And well, yeah, well like, um, for our JavaScript summit that we just did, um, is that uh, we had uh, Reed Daily mm-hmm. did uh, JavaScript journalism, which I had no idea what it was going to be about, but. The title was just like, yes, I want that. I want that. I want to hear what the ass say. And his, he actually works for, I forget who he works for. I think it's a newspaper. But he actually does, um, yeah, he works for a newspaper. He does like those, kind of like what you think of like the old newspaper USA Today, the infographics in the bottom of corner. But he actually makes some uh, JavaScript friendly, um, actually works with, uh, I think they're in the SVG, like just movable things that, the, the information changes depending on where you are and hover and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they're almost like informational pods. And uh, Scott Cullum, this corollary would be Scott Cullum at, at Vox Media on The Verge where they would do like um, buying guides for like uh, school, back to school buying guides where they mm-hmm. did like a lot more in CSS stuff where it's like the presentation is a lot more really rich. And I forget what the, what, what the term is exactly, but it's like, mm. it's a kind of art direction for an article, basically for a piece like that, and and uh, and I feel like we had Ray Daly talking about that, but then we also had uh, someone actually from Australia. His name is Colin. I forgot his last name, but Colin. But he did uh, what was it? It was responsive infographics, and oh, and he talked about how we how we worked on making them responsive, worked on the SVG tools to make them really cool. And I feel like that's where things are going to be going because mm-hmm. the kids they love the infographics, right? And mm-hmm. they, uh, you just can't get shy away from that. And so, um, and you know, colleges that need to attract students, right? You know, mm-hmm. like your college or any other college out there, uh, infographics is a great way to to pull in stuff. And so, um, you know, I'm a big college football fan. Yeah. And so, one of the ways that their recruiting efforts are at, at my school, like you know, our alma mater, is I just noticed is like this throughout this whole season is that they will push out infographics. Every time a game's going on during a game, uh, to out loud to everyone on social media. But I think the goal is to reach those recruits and say, like, this is how how awesome we are. And we, this is what we're doing. This is really great stuff. So, and just for that niche industry for recruiting for football, but also you can see that for you know a news media, uh, political arena discussions that you have anywhere that you have like big data, you'll yeah. need to have have that. Or even if you have a company, you need to show progress for the year for annual reports. And stuff. I think that's where you see like a lot of cool animated uh, SVG stuff, uh, just mm-hmm. make it make it work. So I think that's uh, different for 2014. I see that's where it's going, and I think um, with Rachel Andrews and what she's gonna do uh, with her job, I think that's just you know she's prime prime seat for that. Forward, so. cool. 
And then, I don't know, do you have it? I'm talking all the time. You guys have anything else for 2014? Uh, you know, I, we covered quite a lot. I don't think I have anything to add. Yeah. yeah my, my gift to you was like, I was not going to bring up adaptive images for responsible design. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so. Thanks. <laughs> no problem. We don't have to talk about it. Let's move on from that. Let's say we talked about it and move on. I, I, we're getting closer to a solution. Yeah. And it sounds like it might be picture again. So, yeah. crack a beer and say a prayer because <laughs> who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that about sums it up. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Crack a beer, say a prayer. No pixels, no problems. Yeah, exactly. So Sam, how was how was your year? So it was a good year. It's just again watching the responsive class evolve mm -hmm. from semester to semester, and you know there was a semester that we did the responsive infographics, and it just kind of blew up on all of us to try to like incorporate that into a website. Mm -hmm. And I think like hopefully we can do that again, and I won't be such a mess in in teaching it and. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just been a great learning experience is all of it is it's really cool you know we were talking about browsers earlier it's really cool now finally hearing students say <clears throat> that they've already tested on multiple browsers and I never told them to they were, oh, wow. you know they used to always do that well it works on my browser on my computer mm -hmm. in my isolated situation at home right you know if the cat clicks on the space key it works great mm -hmm. and now it's like it just they're checking all that stuff um, you know illustrator um, Adobe Illustrator has color blindness filters now so oh, there's wow. more accessibility on the like other design tools that they're already familiar with so it's helping with all of that okay. to be able to test things out so it's just been a good exciting year just gonna continue to be responsive students in a way yeah. not just responsive design students but responsive students that kind of are awake and listening to what's going on so well, I just I thought something that was new, and it's kind of, I think it happened this year, mm -hmm. was that companies are feeling it's okay to spam. People like Twitter just, I think Twitter was this year that they decided to like send an email for every little thing that happens on Twitter to I, your account. Like, someone I, just followed you, boof. Yeah. You know, someone just yeah, favorited they your just tweet. Made boof. up reasons to email you. Yeah, so I feel like this is the year like companies just found it was okay to just to email you. It was also know. the year that they forgot their social media strategies or posted something that was embarrassing for their company. Oh, yeah. You know, like SpaghettiOs two days ago having to, you know, take their tweet down and then apologize for it. And what was your, I missed that one. Um, I think they had Pearl a commemorative Day? Pearl Harbor thing, but it had a SpaghettiO holding the American flag. Was that bad? In a way, yeah, because it's like, we're really sorry about Pearl Harbor, like a day of remembrance, but here's the American flag, <laughs> and it looked very, like, victorious. It was a victorious SpaghettiO. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh... So there was a lot of that, and then you saw, you know, Oreo and other companies just really pick up on what was happening during right. the like blackout during the Super Bowl. Right. So you see both sides of it, but right, yeah. there was that. Okay. Yeah, there's a one where like a, a company was tweeted about their poor driving for a pregnant woman, and the company tweeted back was like not very polite at all, and it's just like a plumbing company or something. And it's just like, yeah, you need to you need to have. Uh, I think I think I understand Twitter conversations mm -hmm. a bit more than I think most companies, but it's just like. You have a conversation, and it's not like someone just can't be an idiot behind the wheel pumping out stuff. They have to be reactive to what's going on and be sensitive to not only what you know what's going on in the major news cycles, but also what the person who you're talking to, mm -hmm. and be able to focus on that. So, and I feel like it's really weird that Delta, like in airlines, you can't get them on the on the telephone <coughs> if you have a problem, but you can reach them faster on uh, Twitter, which is. Yeah, weird if you and complain cool on Twitter, yeah. they'll say, like, 
DM me mm. your phone number. Right. What? <laughs> yeah, and my web post is like, if I have a problem with my technical support, I take I don't escalate it with through them. I escalate it through Twitter, and, and then weird. then that solves the problem. Then they won't they will fix the problem that they were I asked them to do originally, which is like crazy talk. That's but crazy if you wait on the phone fifteen minutes, you get a different experience. Yeah, that's weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, times they are we're changing. Yeah, I'm so glad. Cool. You're saying that. <laughs> and then I guess I should change that uh, just announcement that uh, I guess Dave is no longer co-hosting. Our podcast, so not Dave. No, not Dave Rupert. No, Dave. Dave McFarland, who's a long time. We started out with Dave, so he he decided to move on into Red Pastures. So, so but uh, and Sam this year has joined us as co-host. It's been an awesome six months already. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah we talked to a lot, a lot of people, a lot of yeah. people, and then Dave. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I like to. Uh, I'm what they call the anchor. Yeah. I like to uh, just sync things at the end. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm really happy that you were able to do this because one is like, um, I think we've actually started with, with thanks to Vinapark coming to town, we we're actually able to, for the first time, interview people face to face. So this is actually, I think, our fourth time for the show actually interview people face to face because you let you live in yeah. Austin, so it's been pretty awesome. But also last year, our end of the year show, which is, uh, we had Chris Coyer come in and do that, and so, and you're partner with him at Chop Talk Show. Yep. And which is just an awesome podcast. So Yeah. Be sure to subscribe if you like I don't know, chubby guys cackling about <laughs> web design. That's well, it. Well your podcast is awesome, so I think it, it has like tech support. Uh, you make fun of uh, current events, which is hot drama. Yep. Which is hot hashtag, hashtag drama. Hashtag hot, hot drama. Yeah. Yeah. Great soundboard. Right. Yeah, soundboard. Yeah. Soundboard. And uh, you have great guests. So Yeah. It's it's been a lot of fun and I've learned a lot and somebody is you know we, we do it weekly yeah we have 50 shows a year or so and you know it's somebody was pointing out on Twitter if you listen to a show from last year it's totally different yeah like oh my god it's like embarrassing what we're, we were talking about last year <laughs> yeah you know and just that's how quickly things change it's just yeah. one year it sounds everything's different yeah it's it's crazy how the how's the industry changes so fast and so that's why I'm gonna have Sam here just to talk about like what she's teaching students now to prepare for a career right yeah. and so how, how to train students for the for the future when it you know I, I'm not sure what I was I went to grad school and they were still teaching uh, table-based layouts in Dreamweaver which is not not Dreamweaver that's just what they're doing it's like table-based layouts in Dreamweaver you know that was how oh they, so wait I'm not supposed to be teaching that? Oh I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> but I gotta go, guys. Yeah. But, yeah, but I had to like say, hey, can I do my layout in CSS? Like, oh, okay, okay, do that. Okay. Yeah. It's a trend. It'll go away. Yeah, pretty much like like shockwave. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. So, but Dave. So besides shock, uh, shop talk show and shockwave, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on the Twitters, Davitron five thousand D A V A T R O N five zero zero zero. Was that the uh, shortest? Twitter handle you could find. <laughs> They're all out of Twitter handles at the Twitter handle store, and that's what I got. Twitter handles. Um, and uh, same on GitHub, DavidTron5000. And uh, yeah, just uh, reach out to me. Um, listen to Shop Talk Show at Shop Talk Show or uh, shoptalkshow.com. Mm-hmm. And Sam, where can people find you? I am Sam Cap on Twitter. I'm mostly there. That is the best place. <laughs> you don't want to look at my GitHub. It's bad. Right. It was like my first experiment with like, can I make Jekyll work? 
Yes. Am I bad at it? Also, yes. <laughs> so if you want to see that, that's on GitHub, but you don't want to be on my GitHub. Um, but, but yeah, Twitter's the best place. Right, cool. And thanks for, for being co-host. Thanks for having you. me. This has been a great six months. Cool. And uh, my name is Christopher Schmidt. You can find me on Twitter's at Teleject. Uh, so Teleject, where we find good social media services. <laughs> awesome. So you guys have a happy, safe uh, holidays, and we'll see you next year. Happy New Year. Bye. Like that from now on. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs>